Hey guys, welcome to a new podcast I decided to start. It's called Rooted. It's all about different ways of talking to God, connecting with God, just all of the amazing God talks that could be talked. And for today's episode, I decided to start with relationships with God because that's kind of the base of everything. Um, I brought my friend Chris on today because we had a really good conversation last Sunday really spoke to me, it really inspired me, and I thought it would be kind of cool to bring it on here, especially for a first episode kind of deal. Yeah. So, um, I have honestly never done this, so if it sounds ridiculous, I'm sorry in advance, but I have got a few questions for Chris, and we're just going to kind of continue the convo. So, Chris, what is your relationship with God like? That's a great question. Um, my relationship with God is great. It's awesome. It's the reason I'm alive. Um, because, you know, relationships, they're pretty tough. You know, a relationship with God is, is I, w- I wouldn't say it's like a relationship with anyone else, but it is like a relationship with anyone else. You know, you have to put an effort. You have to follow. You have to make the effort to do something. And as Christians, it is tough to do because, you know, you, you can't see him. You know, it's, it's not like... You're going to see your boyfriend and make him plans to hang out and put an effort. It's, it's a little tougher than that, but my relationship with God is is really cool. Um, you know, he saved me. We'll get into that a bit later, but he, he saved me from the pits of depression and numbness and and all those lovely things. Um, but it's crazy. He changed everything about me, and uh, he's all I talk about. He's all I listen to. He's all I read about. Um, because he showed me that life is all about him and it's no longer about me. You know, Galatians 2.20 says that. It's not I who live, it's him who lives in me. And, you know, some people do get annoyed with it. They do, you know, talk about Christ a lot. You know, you get that person who's like, oh, hey, Jesus loves you and all that. But that's just the passion that he gives you when, when you meet him because once you meet him, you're never the same. And, it's, yeah, it's, it's great. It's awesome. People can see you when you have a relationship with God. They'll see that you have a relationship with God because there's something different about it. It's, it's a different kind of happiness is how I would explain to people, you know. But it, it, it is great. It really is a lot different. You're really right with the whole happiness thing. When you have a relationship with God, it just kind of shines through you. And it's something that it's really hard to hide. But it's also hard for a lot of people to find a relationship with God. So... I know for me personally, like, my relationship with God, it's a little rough, it's a little rocky. It's not always the priority in my life that it should be, and at some points when your life takes a dip, your relationship with God kind of takes a dip too. Um, It's a really difficult thing to talk about to accept, because, you know, as Christians, we do want to be perfect. We want to strive to be the best person we can be, and sometimes having a relationship with God is being able to put that, you know, want for perfection aside and just want to be better instead and to accept you know that maybe you're not perfect if that makes sense yeah i mean you are not perfect (laughs) no 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 one's perfect the only perfect man was was jesus christ and you know it is tough because we are called to to be like him and be more like him and imitate paul as he imitates christ but it is tough christians do strive for, for perfection especially me as a perfectionist you know everything has to be golden um, but yeah, it, it is, it's tough, but it's great, you know, it really is. Yeah. 
I mean, what are a few ways that you feel like you participate in your relationship with God? Like, you know, I know for me personally, when I'm going to church, when I'm taking time to pray, when I'm taking time to read my Bible or journal, those are some great ways to connect with God. So, yeah, um, there, there, there are a few ways, you know, um, talk to him, talk about him, read about him. When, when your whole focus is on him, it's a lot easier to, to get to know him because you're not thinking about yourself, you know. It's more about the one who you're trying to be like and how, how can you try to be like someone if you don't know them, you know what I'm saying? You have to get to know them. So the only ways to get to know him are to pray, pray to him. Say, hey, God, what's up? Like, where are you at, you know? I want to I learn about you. Reveal yourself to me. Um, read about him. There's so many wonders about him in his word and it brings you back to life you'll notice when you read the bible there are specific things designed for you in specific seasons that god wants you to god wants you to read and it it really makes you come alive and you can just dwell with him you know dwell in his in his palace it's there there is no better place to be than with god and when you dwell with him it is honestly the best place to be and for me you know it's it's tough it's a lot of it's a lot of worship. I myself am a, a active worship listener. I love listening to worship. It something changes when you just like put a, a nice worship song on, and it kind of shifts your focus as well. If you're listening to some some really great worship, and it it kind of puts things in perspective and says, "Yep, yeah, I am having all these issues. That's true, but you know, God is faithful. He is the provider. I don't need to worry about this." I mean. You guys can't see right now, but I have a ring on uh, of Isaiah fifty four seventeen saying, "No weapon formed against you shall prosper." You know, that's the kind of encouragement that that we get from talking to him and, and reading about him and hearing about him as well. Conversations about God are great. Um, you find a group of people who just want to talk about God and different aspects of God. It really grows your faith with him, and once he becomes your focus, a lot a lot changes in in your relationship with him. It's really funny that you say the whole friends thing. I have a youth minister, Linda Kerner. If she ends up listening to this, shout out to Linda. I love Linda so much. And she always says this cheesy thing. And it's like friends in Christ are friends for life. And it's so, it's always funny to me to hear that because, you know, I've had a lot of friends come into my life and leave, but I have these five best friends that, um, that they're pretty much like family to me and I met them through church and it's so funny how much I value my friendship with them and it's like I was talking to JJ two nights ago we were talking about how you know God puts these people in your life and sometimes when he's not physically there he uses people to show you he's there yeah and it's just this amazing thing I mean there's there's really tons of ways that God tries to reach you in your life that you don't even notice sometimes yeah like I mean I have not as many friends as you I will say I have two friends and they're great you know they are biblical friends which I believe are honestly straight from God Psalm 68 6 just says God places the lonely in families which is very true for me I was I was quite lonely back in the day um but he just placed two really really cool people in my life and we talk about God we talk about everything really and um they call me out of my stuff when I'm when I'm being a little a little weird and you know a little rambunctious but uh yeah it's 100 percent so true god places people in your life um for a specific reason it's weird because one of them is a 
a retired youth pastor and the other one's still in, in high school you know it's, it's a weird kind of dynamic but that grows my faith even more because I know it's from God and they're awesome they're great um, we, we, we grow our faith together a lot and it's really cool to have those accountability partners um, and friends who you can go through life with and grow your faith together because growing your faith with fellow believers is is really good for you and it'll it'll yeah, it'll strengthen your faith a lot because Satan will will try attack you, you know and it's harder to to break three straws in one you know that's that's really true I really love that you brought up the whole accountability thing too yes. because it's you know it's really funny we always talk about how loving how forgiving God is but we forget that like sometimes he has to call us out on their crap true <laughs> I mean like you know the whole point of believing in God and like following God is becoming a better person while you're doing it and if someone's not sitting there calling you out on you being a crappy person it's really hard to grow into a better person and I mean like for me when I was younger I never had a relationship with God you know like as a kid you always feel like he's just there you never really think about it you never think twice and you know you're just taught God loves me that's that but as I grew older and I had a rough part of my life, 8th, ninth, 10th grade year when I was taking care of my grandparents, um, you know, my faith was really tested. All of a sudden, I didn't feel like God was there. Yeah. I really felt like, oh my gosh, who's, who's letting this happen? What the heck? <laughs> like, you know, as a young kid, as a teenager trying to figure out herself, going through such a hard time, it's hard to believe that someone's there. And it took me hitting rock bottom and finding... A community of people to like bask in the glory of God you know you forget he lets us go through these hard times so that he can call us to the table that's his way of telling us okay you've wandered too far you know come back to my table it's like the prodigal son story you know you can have blessings in your life but eventually they're gonna run out yeah. they're gonna run out on their own because you're misusing them you're misusing yourself you're you're abusing these gifts that God gave you. And he takes some of that away sometimes so that we can realize, okay, this is where my sight needs to be. And I really think that finding a community of people to do that kind of thing with changes everything. I mean, when I got into Life Tea in my ninth, 10th grade year, I was like, oh, I don't want to be here. Like, oh, my mama made me go to church. I got work tomorrow. I got school. I'm not trying to be here. You know, I could be doing 50 other things. But as soon as I found three or four friends there, friends that, like, weren't just friends. They're friends that you can count on, friends that you can call at 3 a.m. and say, you know, I'm having a hard night. Can we talk about it? Can you pray for me? When you find those kind of friends, everything, everything changes. All of a sudden, I wanted to be there on Sunday. I wanted to learn about God. I wanted to connect with this guy so that not only I could understand the relationships my friends were having with him, but so I could have one of my own. You know, it was a it was a want. Yeah, and it's really I really like that that you brought the brought that up about uh, having the, the thought of where where is God and how can you let this happen because it's it's a tough thing because Satan definitely tries to to get that into your mindset and for me especially he he tried to get it into my head that oh it was easier before I was a Christian and I've, I've spoken to so many people and they they would agree they said. Satan will be like, yo, it was so much easier for your life, like, before you had God, now you have God and you have all these struggles, like, where is he? If you have this God, like, why isn't he, why isn't he doing anything? So he definitely tries to, to get into your head as well, 
which is why I really, really like the the title for this podcast, which is Rooted, um, because that's what you have to be. You have to be rooted in God, because Satan will definitely try and and, and, and take you away from God because he's afraid. You know, um, he's afraid that we will affect his plans because he has a hold over so many people, and once you know we draw our strength from God and and no one else. Um, the devil gets very afraid because, you know, God is, is stronger than the devil, obviously. Um, and when we draw strength from him and we use that to fight our battles with Satan, he gets quite nervous and he tries to get into your head and say these things. But the main thing is to be rooted. And you can do that through people. You can be rooted in God through conversations with people and with other believers, you know, which is really cool. That's why, why I enjoy your, your title for the podcast. It is great. I think that that was a great title. It's funny, um, it was a very last minute title change because I was set on the talk teens with teens or teens to teens or something. I was like hooked on it. And then yesterday... Yesterday morning, I was driving to my cousin's um, baseball game and I was listening to my worship music and I was sitting there and I was thinking, you know, like... I'm in this new relationship. I'm having all these new people come into my life. You know, why am I not anxious? Why am I not freaking out like usual? And I sat there and I listened to the song Greater by Mercy B. I love that song so much. And he says, greater is the one living inside of me than he who is living in the world. And that just like rained in hard for me. I pulled over my car. I sat there and typed everything out I was feeling and thinking because it was just such an overwhelming thought like oh my gosh he he's right he's like dead on the mark here man yeah. like i've been sitting here putting an effort with my relationship with god praying to him on a daily basis taking time and effort so that i can live more like him every single day of my life and it's working it's working out for me you know and that doesn't go to say that there's no struggle that there's no problems because yeah. everyone has problems everyone has struggles but when you sit there and you root yourself in him and you really put effort into that relationship and you put a want, a need almost, into that, the results are amazing. They're endless. It's just, it's insane. No, yeah, that's so true. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of people think that because we have God, we, our life is great and we, we don't have any struggles. I mean, let, let, let's go back to Jesus, man. He, he said in this world you will have trouble but take heart I've overcome the world and a lot of people don't necessarily focus on that first that first part because you know they say oh, I have God you know God created everything he, 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 he's like so powerful and almighty like I'm okay and that's that's quite a not the greatest thing to think because Jesus was never wrong so everything he says is, is correct and he says we will have trouble so we should expect trouble you know but it is great that we have um, this rock that we can fall back on and and just trust in it because he he has overcome the world i mean what, what more can we say like he is everything he's everything we need and he's everything that he's everything i need and everything i want um you know he's just when when, when you shift your focus to him it really it really changes your perspective on life really like you start to you start even like when we're talking about relationships you start uh, having him as the focus of your relationship and you start going through life saying okay how can I please God in this situation? What would God want me to say? And ultimately, that 
leads back to the point of becoming a better person and being better every day it's just being more like god because god is great you know and um once he is your focus and you start saying okay what would god want me to do in this situation i'm speaking to this person what would god want me to say or would this action hurt god because if it would then i don't want to do it and because you wouldn't want to hurt someone you're in a relationship right that that's that's not something i mean unless you have a very toxic relationship then hey you, you do what you got to do but um when you're in a healthy relationship with god you start doing things for him and see what does he want and um, you can do that through scriptures and seeing what his will is to, to the scriptures and um, when you do that, just shift him as the focus, your relationship will, will get better. <laughs> it'll, it'll grow, and it's awesome. It really is. Yeah. I mean, you know, relationships with God take just as much effort as having a normal relationship yeah. with anybody else. And I feel like a lot of people, they look at Christians, and they're like, oh, my gosh, y'all are insane. Like, I can't even see this person. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that we talk about trust so much and this trust for him that we have. And, you know, I have people ask me all the time, like, how, why, why do you believe in this God? This God that you can't see, this God that you have no proof was here. And even if we have maybe a few things of physical proof, maybe, you know, even if the Bible is what we consider proof, yes. some people look at it and they're like, oh, that's made up. You know, like, there's no way one God or one guy did all this. And, you know, there's this, um, there's this quote I heard a few weeks ago in church. Blessed are those who have not seen but have believed. And I absolutely love that because sometimes seeing isn't always believing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a Wrigley's book, See It to Believe It. And I used to read it so much as a kid, all these like world records, all this cool stuff that you really had to see to believe. But God is one of those things that, you know, that blind trust will carry you everywhere. There's those points in your life where you're sitting here and you're wondering and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, what do I do? What, where am I supposed to lean on? And when you lean on him, when you blindly trust him, when you give that one shove of hope that you have left into him, he'll run with it. I mean, it's this insane thing and you have to be willing to like blindly trust him and follow him at times to have that. Yeah, that's true. And like, that's why it's also really, really important to have a community of believers because when you're down on your faith and we, we all have those those days um one way that god builds up our faith is having people talk about it you know um sharing our testimonies because when one shares their testimony another is inspired and uh, they could even relate to that testimony and say oh wow actually i didn't think of it that way I, I thought this was the devil but it was actually god testing me and he kind of gives you a whole different perspective as well because once we start sharing testimonies, it really, it really does inspire us to, to draw closer to God because you see that and you want that. That that's my whole testimony. I grew up in church and I, I thought that that meant that I knew God and I was a Christian just because I went there every Sunday and I went to all of the the camps and all all the youths events and all that. But just because you hear about Jesus does not mean that you know Him. Uh, I only met Him my last year of high school, like halfway through my last year of high school. And, you know, he, he, he did a lot of things. Uh, he changed me as, as, as a human being, which is really awesome. I mean, he made me throw away, not even throw away, like give like literally 98% of my clothes away to charity because I couldn't wear the same clothes. I was such a brand new creation that I couldn't do it because there were so many memories linked with those clothes and I just couldn't do it because I was all about God now and he was he was everything to me. I had to, I had to really um, change everything about myself, which is really awesome because... When he became my focus, I became alive. And 
I started to feel things, which was weird because I was numb for like two years because of all all the drama I had going on in my life because I it's tough. I don't know how people can go through life without God. I I, I couldn't I couldn't do that. It it was hard. You know, we all we all have problems, we all have issues. And it's easier to depend on someone who will never fail and has never failed than to depend on a human because humans will fail because that's what we do. We always fail. You know, I failed maths a few times. Uh, a lot of, I mean, I failed art like six times. But we, we, we won't talk about that. The system is rigged with school. That, that's another conversation. But it's just easier to depend on, on someone who will never fail. And he has never failed with me. And it's awesome because when I share my testimony, people get inspired. And they're like, oh, I want that. God changed your entire like being. I want that. And it gets them interested. And once they're interested, they're more open to listen. And then God can just come in there and and do what he does best and change people you know i mean 100 percent. i heard this quote in church today it was whoever is in christ is a new creation and i think that rings so true because you know i love that you talked about your senior year your very last year of high school being that change for me it was the really it was the same thing i went through a terrible breakup broke me as a person, completely destroyed the identity that I had made for myself. Yeah, sorry for breaking up with you. I apologize. That was, that was rude. That was rude of me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I broke your heart. You're so funny. <laughs> You're hilarious. Um, no, I mean, it It gave me the chance to reinvent myself. And instead of choosing to reinvent myself in the image that I wanted, I chose to go with whatever God needed me to be. Yeah. Because, you know, not it's not always about what we want. It's not always about what we think is best for ourselves because we don't know the plan. Mm -hmm. I hate that. I'm a controlling person. I want to lay out every aspect of my life. But God doesn't hand out pamphlets. True. And when you're sitting there lost, you need to let him be the shepherd. You need to blindly trust him. You need to say, okay, God, what do you want from me? What can I do for you that's going to put me on this path of greatness that you have? Because inevitably... He wants great things for all of us. He wants us to have those good relationships, those good marriages, those good lives. But if we don't choose him, that might not be a thing. You know, you have to want to serve him and live for him in order to receive some of these blessings. Because, you know, when you're you're going off the path, it's not always going to go like you think it will. When you're sitting here and you're making choices saying, ah, it doesn't matter what God thinks, you know, like, you make mistakes. You make inevitable mistakes that hurt you as a person. And when you turn around and you say, why did you let that happen, God? God's going to look at you and he's going to say, you didn't choose me first. Why am I going to choose your happiness first when you didn't choose me first either? Yeah. I agree. Um, I saw this really, really cool sermon one time, man. It was awesome. And it was a, it was a guy preaching at the front and he was holding... A, a baby bottle and he was drinking milk out of it and he had this whole this whole illustration on it and he said to the congregation he was like does this look weird guys and he's just drinking from like milk from a baby bottle and he's like well so is this you know you guys come into church and you say oh i didn't get enough from the sermon or i didn't get enough from the worship i didn't really feel god but you don't eat you don't feed yourself you know jesus is the bread you have to go to him and you have to feed yourself through the word it's you can't just eat on a Sunday, you know what I mean? It's like you have to eat every day and you have to root in him every day because that's the only way that you'll you'll truly live. I mean, to give yourself away is the highest form of living, as people say. And you know, a lot of people a lot of people say that they they've given their life to Jesus, but I don't I honestly don't think that they actually 
understand what that means. I mean, just listen to that sentence. You've given your life to Jesus. You've given your life to someone. Your life is everything. You've given everything to someone. What comes with your life? Your thoughts, your dreams, your choices, <laughs> your heart, you know? So it's a really cool thing to think about when you actually give your life to someone. You give them everything. It's no longer yours, um, which a lot of people don't really <laughs> think about. They're like, oh yeah, I've given my life to Jesus, but they don't want to give their choices to Jesus or their friendships to Jesus. Um, but it's cool to get that reassurance and have people... That's why sermons are so great and, and reading the word is so great is we can get that reassurance because we need that every day. I mean, I need reassurance that God exists every day because it's tough, you know. Satan tries to come in and, and say, oh, yeah, but that was so long ago. And where is he now? I mean, you haven't heard from him in like two months. Are you sure he's real? You know, he's a, he's a, he's a sly, sly little guy. But that's why it's always awesome to dwell with him and think about him, talk about him, read about him, make him everything, you know, make him center, make him the center of your life. It's great. I love that you bring up Satan in that way. Um, uh, honestly, not that you bring up Satan, but oh, appreciate the <laughs> fact, the fact that like you brought him up as like a slight person. You know, I had someone make an analogy to me one time. They were like, Satan's kind of like Swiper, like from Dora, yep, Dora yep. the Explorer. You know, he like yep. sneaks up, he like grabs him and like starts yeah. jogging the other way, and all of a sudden Boots is like, "Hey, yo, man, where are you going with it? Like, we're <laughs> like Dora, just searching around, looking for the ocean, being like, "Hey, yo, what's over there?" And Boots is like God, and he's like, dude, he's running away with it. Yeah. You got to stop him. You got to stop those thoughts. You got to stop the actions that he's trying to put in your head. Because that's not the path. That's not the blue ocean that we're searching for here. Like... I always knew Boots was God, deep down. <laughs> I really did, honestly. And, you know, I loved that you brought up um, getting stuff out of sermons. I have people tell me yes. all the time, going to church is so boring. Why do you go? I believe that you only get what you give. If you're not sitting here investing in what they're saying, listening with intention, yes, listening with the intention of wanting to get something out of it, wanting to become a better person out of it, you know, you're not going to get anything. It's just like doing a math quiz. If you sat here and you didn't study for three weeks, mm -hmm. and then you come in and you're like, ah, I got it, I got it, I got it, it's cool. Yeah. And then you make a 40, you're going to be like, ah, Ooh, I, mean, 40, I don't got it. That's not too bad. Like, <laughs> if you get like 30, then... But it's like... um for me, efforts, efforts equal results. For me, you know, I'm a very ADHD person. I do wonder awful lot. I have so much on my brain at a constant that when I go to church, it's always hard for me to focus. So I journal. I journal a lot. If you look at my notes, there's doodles. There's everything. But, you know, I get something out of every mass because I'm sitting here listening with the intent, listening with people that I want to pray for, listening for answers that I might be searching for at that time, yeah. you know? Yeah, because a lot of people just go to church to become a better person, and that's not really the, the the main goal of church. The main goal of church is to to hear about God from someone who is, I wouldn't say has a better relationship with God than you do, but they they are like the go to person, like your mentor. They they know God, they know Him a lot because they have had a, a stronger experience with Him because they've done it for so long. You know, um, relationship with God again is like a relationship. With, with anyone else you have to get to know him over a period of time and, and grow your relationship with him and a lot a lot of that is belief which is tough because <laughs> you know again believing something you, you can't really see it's not it's not the easiest thing but as the scripture says you know blessed are those who have seen who have not seen and believed but a lot the bible talks about belief a lot you know believe in him you'll have eternal life um so belief and and faith go go hand in hand and that's why it's so important to talk about him because it's easier for us to believe 
when we hear more about him you know that's why church is also so great it helps us with our belief because we hear about him so much you don't really hear about him in the normal like work uh, or school life you know it's not the the most godly place i would say it's actually the least godly place you know a lot of a lot of stuff goes down in those environments and that's why church is so important um because you're hearing about god and a lot of people will only hear about god on that sunday because they don't necessarily have god in their families or in their friendships at school so it it becomes a necessity to them and it's great because at least they're eating you know at least they're eating on a sunday and we do encourage them to to eat more though because you want to have a healthy relationship with god you want to have a healthy diet with god you see where i'm going with this you have to eat you have to feed yourself not just on one day you have to get a healthy diet going if that makes sense you guys get it i mean that's like amazing because um you know communion's looked at as the bread of life and it's it holds true god is our life and when you feed yourself with his nourishment with the things that he's given you to feed yourself because you don't just feed yourself physically you feed yourself spiritually and that definitely affects your week for me going to church on sunday is a reset button if i don't go to church on sunday my whole week's off I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, scatterbrained all over the place. I didn't have that one hour devoted to the one thing that I hold highest in my life. Mm. And, you know, truth be told, sometimes I don't think about it in a day. Sometimes I'm going for hours on hours, not thinking about it, not, you know, wanting to be a part of it, getting home and being like, oh, I'm so tired, you know, I'm just going to go to bed. But I think it's really important to be self-aware too. Yeah. And certainly back to what you said about holding accountability to have those friends that are like, you know, you seem a little bit off today. Can I pray for you? Can we talk about it? Like, um, I don't know. Like for me, my kids, I watch a lot of kids. I love my kids like they're my own. And sometimes it's really frustrating. I mean, I remember during quarantine, one of my families had a baby. I was there for about a day, day and a half with three kids under five. And needless to say, it was a little exhausting. And, you know, I sat there all day. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to make it. I'm not going to be a mom anymore. I don't want kids. But we were sitting at the couch at the very end of the day. And my littlest, my little middle kid, Peter, we were watching Inside Out. He comes over and he lays down on me. It's a great movie. Great movie. He lays down on me and he hugs me and he goes, Miss Savannah, I love you so much. And that moment was like a sigh of relief. That was like God's reminder to me of like, you know, you're doing your best. It's sometimes the little things like that that just make you realize, you know, this is why I take time for God. Because those little moments of peace and relief, I feel, they come from Him. Yeah. It's not just a coincidence. I mean, that kid's four years old. You think he goes up to anyone and says it? No. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's something that's meaningful. I mean, just like your relationship with God, it should be meaningful. It should be deep. And people tell me all the time, like, you know, do you hear God? Do you speak to God? Like, man, I've been waiting on a call back from this guy for five years. If you hear from him, please tell him to give me a call. You know? Like, I've never physically heard him, but I know he's there. I was telling JJ the other night, when I'm upset, when I'm sad, I go to church. I go to church and we have this huge crucifix with Jesus on it at the center of our church. And I sit there and talk to it. And do I look crazy? Oh yeah, 100%. I go close the doors to the church, I sit in the front row, and I ran to him like I'm in therapy. And it's so funny because somehow 
I know he's listening. I know he hears every word I'm saying and that those little coincidences that happen during my week are him responding to what I asked. You know, I mean, relationships with God are hard all around. That's true. I mean, a relation, as, like we said, a relationship with God is, I mean, it's a little different because it's with, you know, God Almighty, not just a human, but it is uh, just like a, a normal what would, what would be said as a normal relationship i mean would you only text your boyfriend every once one one day every week you know what i'm saying would you it's the same thing like like church can't just be your one day to talk to god it's like would you not snapchat your 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 partner for like the whole week and just on one day for about one hour you have a little conversation and say okay we're all good okay so let's go back to the week you know um i heard this really 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 cool quote this one time from by a pastor and he said he, he put it in very intense detail and probably just to describe the intensity that he, he wanted Christians to feel. He said, Jesus did not suffer, um, be tortured, get his flesh ripped off his back for you just to have your attention for two hours on a Sunday. And that's it. You know, it's really, it's, it's, it's a, it's a real deeper thing, you know, like he, even the scripture in Romans says, while we were sinners, he died for us. And, you got to think about that, man. He, he deserves more than just a few hours on a Sunday or maybe one worship song in the car during the week, you know. He, he deserves a lot more than that because he's done so much. I mean, come on, guys. He, he saved humanity, you know what I mean? He, he deserves so much from us, and that's why we have to actively try and, and put ourselves out there and grow deeper with him because it's tough because Satan will, Satan makes it a lot easier to not have a relationship with God because it is easier not to have a relationship with God. It requires less effort. But the results from having a relationship with God are exponential. They, And, and God can use that to grow someone else's relationship with God as well. So you just got to, yeah, you have to put in effort as well, you know. I mean, you know, it's like... Um... It's like the whole idea that goes in the podcast. Like you were saying, one person's testimony can light another person's fire. Yeah. And I've given a lot of talks over the years being in Life Teen. I've given a lot of advice to teenagers. If you've ever seen my Instagram, I look like a Jesus freak with as much as I post about it. Nice plug, nice plug. But <laughs> shameless <laughs> promotion. But I really think that the whole reason like I started this podcast was because I was that teenager. Chris told me the other night, he was like, you know why you want to talk to teens? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, no, you don't. <laughs> and he was like, Let it's me tell you why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's because you were that teenager. And that's so true. I was so lost. If you've met me in high school, the person I was for the first three years versus the person I was that very last year after meeting God, it's, it's like night and day. And the person I am now even, you know, I still struggle with my relationship. I still have to put in a lot of effort sometimes to be a part of it and you would never recognize me you wouldn't even know who I was if I had told you okay freshman year like um freshman year if I was talking to you you know you wouldn't even know you would never know and I think it's insane I just think it's crazy how God works like that I mean you know relationships with God take a lot of effort they take a lot of time but I think it's the most worth it thing that you'll ever do for yourself. You know, everyone talks about self-care. Like, for me, I get my nails done when I feel bad. I get my hair done when I feel bad. But, you know, lately I've been praying. You know, I take 10, 15 minutes to just be with God, have some worship time, 
if I'm on the way to the work and I'm stressed out and I'm tired, I turn on my worship music, I turn up, you know, I get, I get ready with the person that I know is going to carry me through that day. Yeah. I get that. And for me as a logical person, I find Christianity to be very logical and it's weird. People, people don't really think about that. Like logical, you, you can't even see the guy. That makes no sense. Which is true, but once you get the the belief and faith part down, Christianity becomes so so logical. You look into the situation, you break it down, you say, okay, why? Am, this is what I do. I say, why am I feeling like this? What is causing this? Okay, this. Okay, let me just shift my perspective and see how God would look at the situation. And God would say, I'm being stupid, and I'm I'm being dumb, and this this is this is a stupid situation. Okay, he's he's still with you. He has not left. All right. The scriptures say that he will be with you. He will provide. You don't need to worry. And that's what I like to do. I like to just break all the situations down. And that's what something, that's how God works with me. Um, he breaks the situation down with me and he solves the issue. And he, it always goes back to his word and, and back to my testimony and say, he saved me. That's what, that's the main thing. That's what really matters in the situation. He took you from death to life. Um, you are now alive. You used to be numb. Now you feel a lot, maybe a little too much, but it's all good. You know, um, that's what he likes to do. He just likes to break situations down with me. And he solves, he always solves the problem. It may take a while, you know, I'm still waiting on a few, a few problems that he hasn't solved yet. And it's been a few months, but I know he's going to do it because the scriptures don't lie. He says he provides, he says he's faithful. And at the end of the day, he will always be there. He's always the rock, as we said, to fall back on, you know. I mean, absolutely. It's like, um, I literally say it's like, um, so much. <laughs> It's but, like, um, guys, I don't know if you, it's, it's, but <laughs> it's like, I was telling Chris, I read Zachariah the other day and it says, God gives you what you deserve. And you know, when you work at that relationship, when you really want it, you know, and you, you're a good person, you're an honest to God, good person. He does provide. And I think it's really hard for us to see that sometimes because you feel like a really good person and maybe you are, maybe you really are. And you're just hitting a hard time. And you think God's left, but he's never leaving. And it took me a long time to figure that out. I mean, you know, going back to the whole relationships with God thing, my relationship with God has never been 100%. I think it's really hard for any Christian to say it's ever been 100% because when your life dips, when your faith goes down a little bit because you're having a hard time, it's it's really difficult to step back up and just automatically get back into it and say, oh, yeah, you know, like, I, I'm great now. Like, no, it's it's not always like that. You know, you're going to be down and out a little bit, and that's okay. That's what, like Chris was saying, that's what you have friends for. That's what you yeah. have that community of people to sit here and remind you and say, no, 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 God hasn't left you. Don't ever think that God's left you in this moment. This is God testing your faith. Unless you listen to country music, then he's been gone for a while. He really has. No. There's, there's no comeback from that. Be quiet. Um, today, there was, a, there was a story in church. I love this story. It's about the Sea of Galilee. Jesus is out there, and there's a crowd of people that wanting to talk to him, wanting to reach to him. And he's like, guys, guys, I just need a minute. I need to be alone. Like, y'all need to, like, chill out. And he's talking to the apostles, and he's like, guys, I want to get on this boat. We're going to sail across the Sea of Galilee. You know, we're just going to go to the other side for a little while. And the apostles are like, okay, you know, they're all trained fishermen. They're all people that have been out here, done this before. They're like, no problem, dog. I got it. They get halfway out into the sea. JC is passed out on the side of the bow with a little cushion, you know. It's a funny little scene when you picture it in your head. Jesus just laying down, taking a nap while everyone else is like, 
doing all the work. And all of a sudden, this storm comes in. And my deacon today talked about how Deacon Mike, the best person I've ever met, like my grandfather, he was talking about how he went to see the Sea of Galilee and how he was kind of underwhelmed. It's a small, it's a small sea. It's not something that's huge like the Atlantic Ocean. And he was like, there's no way that a storm could have come on here. But apparently the hills, when the wind picks up, it hits the plains over the hills and creates these really violent storms. So the apostles are halfway out. You know, Jesus is out there chilling, taking a nap, taking his time because everyone's got a rest. And all of a sudden this storm hits and it's like the worst of the worst. And the boat's filling up. Everyone's scooping stuff out. Everyone's having a panic like, oh my gosh, we're going to die. Like everyone is having a moment. And we all know the line from Schitt's Creek of there can only be one unstable sibling in this family. And that role has been filled for five years. It was like that, except everyone was yelling that at everyone. And JC is still out. So they finally get to the point, they're like, oh my gosh, we gotta wake this guy up. He's gotta help us here. We are drowning. We're gonna die. And he walks over and he's like, Jesus, Jesus, get up, get up, man. And he wakes up all groggy and he's like, I looks over, calms the wind. I bet. <laughs> automatically calms the storm, you know. And he was like, why were y'all freaking out? Like, I'm right here. I am right here next to you. Why didn't you believe in me? Why didn't you believe that I was protecting us even in the storm? You know, like, what, what's up with that, man? What's up with that? And I always think that's crazy because it's like, if I was in that situation, I would have been a little pissed. Not mm -hmm. even going to lie. I would have been like, you could have been doing that the whole dang time. We wasted how much time putting our lives in danger? And you realize that that's, that's what he does. He tests your faith. Because those little, those those bigger fights in your life, those moments where the goal is to lose sight. The goal is for him to say, okay, here's where you might lose sight in your life. For me, it's relationships. Sometimes, you know, I get so caught up in it that I lose sight of the person that I'm really supposed to be living for. Yeah. And that's, that's what those things are for. That's him telling you, okay, this is where you're falling as a Christian. This is where I need you to pick it up. This is where... You know, you want that closer relationship to me? Fix it here, here, and here. Those are what those things are for. And I feel like as Christians, we tend to shy away from that. That's true, yeah. Um, yeah, because relationships, you know, they're tough. You, you can be engaged for a very long time, but you can never get married, you know. Um, I had, There was a whole uh, sermon about that. That was actually uh, in my in my salvation, the, the sermon of my salvation. The guy was talking about, um, marriage and, and how we need to get married to God because we can be engaged to God for so long, for so many years, but we can never make that commitment of saying I do because a, a yes does not necessarily equivalate, uh, equivalent, that's the word, right? Equivalate is, is not the equivalent to I do, you know, um, because the devil can definitely make you think that your yes is an I do. And then you can be engaged to God for 10 years and still never be in a proper, loving, close, intimate marriage relationship with him, you know? And that's why we always need to talk about it. And it's, it's a great thing to talk about because so many people think that they know God and they have a relationship with God, but they've just been, they've just been engaged. They, have, they, have, they haven't been married yet. They haven't made that commitment. They haven't made that step forward. Because that's what a relationship is. It's moving forward and it's just, um, it's walking this journey. A lot of people talk about walking with God and walking this journey with God. 
you guys are you guys are crawling at the moment you know once you once you make that commitment and you push forward to the i do then everything starts to change it really does absolutely i mean that has never rang true man you know i know this whole episode's relationships with god and i think it's kind of crazy how much you can variation i mean i have people tell me all the time like as catholics we do a lot of weird stuff like for us adoration is a big thing no one really knows what it is but we have this big gold-plated cross and we take a huge wafer from communion that we've crucified not crucified that is not the right word consecrated (laughs) (laughs) that we have consecrated to become the body of christ so that jesus is physically there and a lot of people are like oh y'all are just praying to a stick like nah man jesus is here jesus is that room and i think that there's so many different ways to connect with god that you really need to find the way that works for you so that you can take those steps with him you know like there's all these different denominations there's all these different branches everyone has different ways of celebrating and loving god And I don't think there's necessarily a wrong way within them. I think that there are definitely some wrong ways that you can take. But I think some of the major ones like worship or, you know, praying or journaling or Bibling, those big things, you know, none of those are wrong. That everyone connects with God in different ways. Don't let someone sit here and say, oh, you're not, you're not reading this enough or, oh, you're not doing this enough. If you feel like you're connecting with God and you're taking those steps, like genuinely not just a you know I did it so it's done but it's a I want it I need it I'm yearning for it you know I'm filling my soul spiritually then I don't think there's anything wrong with that you know I just there's so much about having a relationship with God that's complex and difficult just like you have relationships with real people every relationship you have with every different person you have is going to be different You know, with your parents, it's different than having a relationship with your boyfriend. Your relationships and your friendships are different from your coworkers at work. Every relationship you have in your life is different and handled in different ways. And how you choose to develop those is your choice. But make sure you're doing it to better yourself and better the relationship. Yeah, that's so true. Um, You know, the Bible talks a lot about um, coming to God and coming to Jesus, you know, come to me, all you who are weary, I will give you rest. And a lot of people seem to miss that because they're like, okay, God, where are you? I'm here. Where, where are you at? You know, but we're not taking the steps to go to him. You know, um, just cause you went to church doesn't mean you went to God. God's not just in church. You know, God isn't church. God is everywhere. Uh, a church isn't a building. It's a people as people say, you know, and yeah, a lot of people just don't go to him. Um, and they say, okay, God, well, where are you? Why haven't you been in my life? Why haven't I felt you? Wait, like God isn't a feeling. A lot of people think God is a feeling. God is not a feeling. He is the creator. He is <laughs> much more than a feeling. And we have to go to him, you know. I, I thought I was with him 17 years of my life, but I was, I was, I was never with him because I didn't go to him. I went to church, but that's not the same as going to God. Um, once you go to him, it really, it really makes the difference, you know. And going to him could be in prayer. It could be a conversation. It could be sitting outside admiring a tree. <laughs> it's it's all it's it's all the same. Um, but you have to go to God. You have to make the effort to to go out there. It doesn't it doesn't get handed to you. God is a gentleman. Um, he doesn't force a relationship with you. You know that's why you have to accept him. You have to believe it with your heart and confess with your mouth. It's not like a a relationship where God's like, okay, you're mine. Let's go. Let's do it. You know that toxic kind of thing. 
toxic relationships are, are, are earthly relationships, not heavenly relationships, you know. Um, he says he's a gentleman uh, because a real relationship, an authentic relationship, is, is one that's, uh, that's gentle and true and not forced, you know, because forced relationships never really end well. <laughs> I've had my experience with forced relationships back in the day, um, but you can't force a relationship with God. It's, it's, it's a genuine and a real thing, and it has to be authentic and, and gentle and loving, you know absolutely and I love that you brought up the church of the people you know when I was younger my dad stopped going to church we used to go all the time every Sunday and I asked him when I started going back why don't you go to church and he was like I want you to remember something that church isn't a place and you don't always have to be in a building full of other people of believers to know God or to worship him or to be in touch with him. And that's just, you know, that's just another point. I mean, this whole thing, to sum a lot of it up, you know, just make the effort. You know, put yourself forward. Open your heart. Say, okay, God, you know, I'm ready. Take take on me. Take on my struggle. Take on my anxiety. Help me to be more in your image. You know? Yeah, that's so true. Um and it is tough to make make the effort sometimes, it really is, but that's why it's important to to have those people with you and, and to help guide you and, and mentors and people who have been through what you're going through, especially in the beginning stages of, of relationship with God. For me, I mean, it was tough. Like As soon as I got saved, I was thrown into the wilderness to be tempted for like four months in high school, and that was great, but God placed people in my life and for that certain season so that I could get through it, you know, because... Uh-huh. It's it's tough to it's tough to make effort when you, you're fighting battles, you know. But that's why it's always good to to have those people with you and those mentors to look up to, and just keep going, you know. Because it is tough, but the results are the results are worth it. Absolutely, I have loved getting to have this conversation. We had one, like I said, Sunday Monday. But I really felt like we got a little bit deeper today, which I always love. Deep conversations are real conversations, you know. That was kind of cringy. Thank you. Anyway, guys, have a great one. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being on the first episode of Rooted. And here is to many more. Thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks, (laughs) y'all. Appreciate it. Please keep watching these podcasts if you love Genuine. I mean, listen. I'm a little bit slow. I'm not going to lie to y'all. But please definitely tune in, listen. I'm planning on posting different ones every week. You know, I'm all about being genuine. I'm all about being in connect with God. And I always love to share that experience. You know, if you ever want to keep up, you can always follow us on Instagram. Um, I speak in my church a lot. There's just a lot of different ways to reach me, talk to me, you know. Like I said, Instagram, reach out to me, DM me if you ever have questions, if you ever have concerns. 110% would love to hear from y'all. Yeah, and also reach out to God, you know. He's always there. He's always, he, he, he has an Instagram. It's true. It's, it's not even a lie. I'm being <laughs> He's there. He's there. But I hope y'all have a great night, day, afternoon, whatever you're doing right now. And thanks for listening.